The following is a hoop. Hey, how's it going, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Hoopball Celtics podcast. I am here with you after a crazy Celtics Knicks double overtime loss. If you fall through to the New York Knicks 134 138, I'm here with my co host Lucas Gaynor. How you doing, Lucas? Really after that game, um, I'm doing very well. I'm just happy to have meaningful basketball back, get to see what our new additions look like uh, in a high-stress environment, get to see how Ime is coaching the team. But uh wish we could have came out with a victory, but, man, that was literally about as crazy a basketball game as you will ever, ever watch. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that might be game of the year. Woo. Like, I, I think it will be dusted on the rug because it was the first game of the season. And I feel like, you know, we're going through midway through the season. We're going to forget. Some people might forget about this game. But this game could go down as one of the best games of the season um, in the total and out of the NBA. So I wouldn't be surprised by that. But uh, welcome, everybody. We are on Spotify Green Room live right after the game. This is a pregame show. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Ball and Opinions. Follow the show, Hoop Ball Celtics. You can also follow Lucas at Lucas Luca underscore Gainer. Is that right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Look at that. I got that right this time, man. But yeah, man, we're going to jump right into things. We got a lot to cover since it was a double overtime win, man. So right off the rip, we're going to just go and just, I just want to talk about um, not even really about the first quarter, just the energy first game of the year. The bumping of the garden, man. I love the garden. I'm I'm a Celtics fan, but like, man, it, it's it's beautiful. MSG is just an amazing stadium. The fans there are always loud, energetic, and it was all in the air. I was super excited to to really hear some, hear all the all the noise and everything like that. The commotion. You had the revenge narratives with Kemba and Fournier. It was crazy. How did you feel about the energy? Oh, listen, I'm right there with you. I I truly think Madison Square Garden is arguably the best arena. Uh, at least in American sports, the energy in there is crazy. You don't know if it's November, if it's June, if it's, you know, the first game of the season or whatever, um, or preseason even. So I always love when the Celtics play in the garden. Um, and, you know, like you said, the revenge narratives and everything. But, yeah, the energy was terrific, man. It, as fun as preseason basketball was to watch, man, uh, regular season basketball, meaningful basketball is just on an entire different planet than uh, than, than preseason. <laughs> Yeah, man. I mean, it, it was a it was a great great game, man. Uh, There's a lot of takeaways here. Um, first, you know, in the first quarter, Knicks came out and they punched us in the face, man. We we weren't ready. We started off kind of sloppy um, on both sides of the ball, and the Knicks came out and we're we're clicking at all cylinders right off the get go. So um, they let us know, hey, boom, boom, boom. It was a rough start, also for Grant Williams, who was able to recover down the stretch. Obviously, he was big in this game later on. But in that first quarter, he was a rough start, man. He gave up a three to Randall and then Randall just kind of like bullied him in the post in that first quarter and just said, you, you can't guard me. Um, this is a mismatch. So I um, thought they, they struggled there. You know, that's the missing out Horford because Robert Williams would have been the four to start the game. And, and I think Robert Williams would have been a better situation for um, Randall. Yeah, no, I agree. And I um I do think that Al coming back is going to fix a lot, or at least help a lot of the problems that the Celtics had tonight. Um, like you said, Grant was getting abused. Honestly, I'm not going to kill Grant though. I mean, Julius is an All NBA player, um, who clearly you know can get his shot uh from the perimeter, can get his shot playing bully ball inside. Um, Grant was kind of just you know getting worked by a player who was really good. So I'm not going to kill Grant. He was doing a lot of the right things, um, but it was a rough go of it. Um. But yeah, man, who also came out strong as uh, the Knicks came out strong, but Jalen, he came out in what I like to call his FU mode. Um, he was just hitting, uh, 
he had three threes and an and one in a row. So he scored 12 points in a row in the first quarter at one point. Uh, really showing us that, you know, he's recovered from his bout with COVID and, and his wrist is all good and he is absolutely ready to go. Yeah, man, he he came out. It was was great, man. I liked I liked what he was doing. He was he was doing everything on the court pretty well. And uh, you know, I really like Jalen Brown just just being aggressive tonight and and showing it like you know he had COVID for ten days and said it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. Like he, I'm surprised he was questionable to be honest. He's he came out here and had an inhaler on the on the sideline, everything, man. And, and Jalen Brown came out and was firing on all cylinders. Yeah, I mean, the threes were going down for both teams, honestly, from the jump in this game. Like, honestly, to the point, Patrick, where I was like, I couldn't really believe what I was seeing. Like, some of these three-pointers going in. Um, you know, and that started from the beginning of the game. Um, yeah, I have Grant getting cooked. Um, yeah, what else? any other notes from the first quarter? I mean, there was a couple bad turnovers. Yeah, man. Jalen Brown went – so when we started taking back the lead – Jalen Brown had consecutive possessions. He had that Euro step that started it. He followed the next possession with a three-pointer. He followed the next possession with an and one. Then he followed that possession with a three-pointer. Then he hit another three-pointer, and then he had an assist for a three. So those were all back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back plays and just an unbelievable five-minute stretch where he dropped 14 points and had an assist for three. He counted for 17 points in five minutes that is just absurd the way he was playing in that first quarter without him man it was just the Celtics fall off too early and you know Tatum was very clear in that first quarter that he was off to some a slow start and he had some turnovers just wasn't looking like himself Um, you know early season Tatum it's been an issue in the past in the past seasons where he just starts off slow so I'm not going to be full-on, like, panic mode or anything. It's just more of, hey, man, get your shot selections. Get used to this offense. Maybe he's taking – I mean, it's possibly he's having a struggle learning the offense harder than anybody else, you know? Maybe he has more motions he has to go through since he's a big focal point of an offense. Yeah, so man. I'm not 100% sure. But, uh, yeah, man, Jalen Brown, 20 points in that first quarter, man. Thought he, he did amazing. Came out real aggressive. No, I think that's a good point to bring up with Tatum. You know, Tatum was relied on so much for isolation scoring last year. Um, that, you know, he probably is going to have a harder time, you know, working himself into the offense this year. Uh, you know, I was disappointed with his shot selection. I, I think I want him taking better shots. He's making a little harder on himself than he needs to, honestly, in a lot of these situations. Um, so I'm not, but like you said, I'm not worried at all, man. I know how good of a player JT is. I'm really not worried. I assume one of these next two games, he's going to play well. I'm not, I'm really not concerned with Jason at all as disappointing as it was tonight. But Jalen, he he came out in automatic mode. He just came out on fire, and there was absolutely no stopping him from the absolute jump. Yeah, man, I, I thought Jalen was, was great. And then uh, I think that's all I have for the first quarter. Besides, you know, that small lineup struggled in the end of that first quarter. They just mm-hmm. can't do rebounds, and they couldn't. I mean, and Randall just ran – Julius Randall, man. Give him his flowers, man. He's, He's last good. year was not a fluke year. He's come into his own, and he just bloomed late, man. And he's a dog. He's a dog. I, I would any team would be beneficiary beneficiary of having a guy like Julius Randle. And Julius was looking really strong and really good there. Yeah, he, him and Fournier both came out, you know, aggressive, looking for their shots. Um, and like you said, man, I don't think it was a fluke with Julius, man. I think you know maybe he's not a forty percent shooter from three, but he's definitely, I think, at least thirty five. 
and he's amazing going to the hoop. He can facilitate. I I really love what Julius has uh, has done to his game, man. You can tell he put in a lot of hours. In the gym. Yes, absolutely. And then, um, yeah, it's going into that second quarter. I like the Celtics. They they came out with a lot of ball movement. And one thing that transitioned from preseason was, you know, three-point Romeo. Three-point Romeo showed up, man. Yes, he was out there. He was hitting threes. He was, he was confident. He did a lot of good things. He was good on the defensive side of things. Man, he is fun to watch. Romeo Langford is a dog, man. I think uh, I maybe, you know, we, we were starting to get – I wouldn't say we were down, but we tempered our expectations in the offseason, and it was a little frustrating to see him a little get set back in the summer league with the injury. And But now seeing more glimpses of him, man, I think he can I think he can niche out a role. I think if he can show that he can hit that shot consistently, play defense, he's a legit 3 and D threat. If, if this is our bench, man, there's a lot that can be fixed as far as our offense and defense goes. Yeah, uh, one of my first notes in the third quarter or in the second quarter, excuse me, is the the Romeo three is real. I mean, like you're saying, it it looks fluid, it looks great. You know, I, I loved seeing it in the preseason, but seeing it like in live regular season action, uh, where people are playing 100 percent, really shows me that uh, I believe in that, and I, I I'm right there with you, man. He's going to be a great asset for our bench. Um. Honestly, I didn't see a lot of uh, – I didn't see enough Pritchard, I don't think, early in this game. I would have liked to see a little more Pritchard in this game. Do you agree? Uh, we could use a little more shot-making maybe. Um, but I know he did get in in the second quarter, but I would have liked to see a little bit more Pritchard because he's kind of like an instant boost on offense uh, uh, off the bench. Yeah, I, I was surprised not to see a lot of, um, of Peyton Pritchard tonight. But also, like, we don't know his pain tolerance with the whole mask situation and how uncomfortable it is. I know that they said that when it came to opening night, they were going to play it by ear with them. So maybe they're just kind of being easy on him with the nose, don't want to, like, aggravate it, get hit in the face or anything like that. Even with a mask, man, any type of pressure hitting on that nose could be an issue. So I'm sure that that probably was into a play. Um, and then another thing I wanted to just address in general was, and I was really worried about it in, in preseason and it came to fruition and we, uh, you know, game one was transition defense, man. They just get lost. They just are like a bunch of chickens on defense with their heads cut off and don't know where they should be going it is very frustrating. And then like at times where they turn over the ball, the person who turned it over, put their head down and boom, Obi Toppin just beat everybody down the court. There's no way Obi Toppin, got his career high on us for one then two was able to get down and beat everybody else to the basket and get free dunks like free dunks and layups yeah you're gonna lose base basketball games when you give up free points and transition just is effort transition defense is a lot of on effort yeah no i'm right there with you i mean how many times did we see obi at least two or three times go down there for a free dunk uh julius one time i believe got out there for a free dunk or layup um, so I'm right there with you, man. That's going to be cleaned up for sure. Some people who committed turnovers and then didn't hustle back on defense, I'm sure that will be addressed in a film session. Marcus Smart. Yeah, yeah. You know, I don't want to say no names. You know, that's my guy, but he did it a couple times. And like, oh, Man, when he put his head down after a turnover, man, I was like, man, Smart, that's not you, dog. No, that, don't do that. Yeah, you know, that's that's not the Smart we know and love. Um, but the thing is, you know, I, we were talking about this earlier is that you know, the more passes you have when you emphasize passing um, on your team, you know, you're just bound to have more turnovers via the number of passes that you have. Uh, so I'm not super concerned with the turnovers, but I just, of course, would like them just cut down, you know, because you never want to be turning the ball over. 
and then compounding your mistakes with bad defense uh, getting back. So, yeah, I'm right there with you. Um, you know, Romeo had a turnover in the second quarter. Um, Jalen was up to 25, 25 points with eight minutes left in the second quarter. It's unbelievable. Um, and I have a note here that just said, I want Tatum to get easier shots. He's taking bad points. So, you know, that trend continue into the second quarter. Um, no, that's not, I'm not going to say concerning, but I do, that's something that I think needs to be the best, no doubt. I mean, yeah, Tatum, Tatum was, uh, one of 10 from three in the first half. One of ten. He shot ten three pointers and made one of them. He finished the game two of fifteen from deep. Jason Tatum took thirty shots tonight and made seven. Yeah, that's crazy. That's insane. That's- Him and Jalen Brown each shot thirty shots tonight. Listen, and I don't hate listen, I don't hate that they both took thirty shots, but it's the it's the quality of shot that we want Tatum getting a more inside, more downhill. 15 threes is uh, – what would you say to 15? Two for 15? Two for 15. Yeah, that's an aggressive amount of threes if you're not making your shots like that. Um, Jaden Brown took less threes than, than Tatum tonight, and he was hitting this. He was 8 of 14. Yeah, I, I just think J- Jason should try to get to his spots a little bit more. And honestly, some of the threes he's taking, I mean, they weren't necessarily terrible shots even. Like, they were open. But at some point, you need to just, you know, stop letting it fly and get a higher percentage shot, you know, closer to the hoop. Absolutely. No, 100%. Um, and then Smart took a good charge on Randall in that second quarter. I, I loved, um, you know, Marcus Smart being one of the guys who are always in, like, the top of the league as far as charges go being taken. So I loved seeing that from him as well. But that's all I got for the first half there. Boston ended up going into halftime with a 58-54. They finished off that second quarter strong enough to take a lead. Uh, Brown ended up finishing that whole half with 25 points in 16 minutes. Yeah, the only, I, don't, I mean, I have some more notes, but nothing super uh, consequential. What else you got for us? What else you got There was for one us? play where I have a – there was a Grant Neesmith dribble handoff, which, you know, if that's something oh, yeah. the bench unit can run. I mean, Neesmith kind of freaked out and just shot the three right away. Um, but we've obviously seen Neesmith can, you know, do a little more than just shoot. So I think that, like, those are two – I mean, Grant is definitely a smart player. Say what you want about – you know, his athleticism or whatever, he's a smart player, so I'm confident in, you know, his dribble handoffs, you know, being pretty effective. So that's just something to keep an eye on, I think, if Neesmith can just relax a little bit and um, make a better decision. Um, but besides that, I said, yeah, Julius running pick and roll is just absolutely unfair. A guy his size uh, having a seven-footer set a screen for him and then him able to either pull up or pass or attack the rim is just unfair. But, yeah, Jalen just absolutely money there uh, in that first half. Yeah, and then that brought up one thing else I did miss in that second quarter. As and what I noticed through that first half was that um, offensively, it looked like they were trying to run a lot of the offense through Jalen Brown and Tatum in the post, and kind of get action through that, which was very interesting. I like I like them kind of getting down, digging into their defenders more, and and really working the body of them and passing out of that and stuff. Tatum saw a lot of double teams when he got in that post, so. Um, it opens up some lanes, so if they start hitting those passes instead of turnovers. That's gonna be crazy. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, what are what was what are your first thoughts in the third quarter? Hold on, I'm just getting getting my notes. No, you're good. Um, third quarter, uh, Tatum was getting good looks right off the rip, but it looked like the Celtics were trying to get him going in a sense, and he just wasn't hitting it, man. Those were open looks; he just wasn't getting it. 
Um, but then you had the, a, a big you know, dunk from Robert Williams at the 10-12 mark. I was surprised where he took off from and finished the dunk. Yeah, that was wild. It was, it was, it was a wild alley-oop. And then he had one a, a little bit later in that quarter at the 6.50 mark in transition. And he was just uh, – that was a good sequence there. They were just pushing the ball on misses and getting into transition. Transition offense this year just looks a lot better, Lots looks a lot faster. They look like they're trying to take advantage of the numbers. Yeah, no, totally. I think Rob definitely had a few uh, few wild moments when it came to some alley-oops. I know Marcus and Rob connected a few times. Um, you know, but the Knicks definitely came back and, you know, they were playing really well in the third quarter as well. It was kind of a back and forth game. Um, you know, they went on a little bit of that run in the third quarter. Uh, have Jalen stops the bleeding here with the three pointer, uh, left RJ wide open towards the end of the three, po- uh, end of the third quarter, I believe, to put the Knicks up 84 80. Honestly, just to be frank, I'm not sure where the break, I did not mark what, where the quarter breaks are in my notes here. Um, so if you got anything else on the third, maybe you can just bring that up and I can bounce off that. Oh, yeah. Um, I have a lot of notes from that third quarter. Ball movement thought was really good to start out. They started on 9-4 run, leading to a, a Celtics timeout. Randall was also just cooking again, man. Like, he just – he was in a group. Nothing mattered. It seemed like we were in his world. He was in full control tonight as far as the Knicks go. Um and Romeo continued to shoot that three corner in the corner, man, and was knocking it down. So, um, just just really good time. And then um, some unlucky misses at the rim a few times in that third quarter to uh, with like two minutes left that ultimately ended in a Obi top and like fast break dunk. And the momentum you could just start feeling like Garden slowly explode. coming over, slowly coming over, and it was it was intense. Yeah, the uh, Garden exploded on that uh, on that Obi dunk that you're talking about. And I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, I, I do think this was a good uh, opening game for the Celtics because, I mean, it just throws this new team right into the fire. Uh, we talked about earlier in the beginning of the show, man. It is absolutely no joke to play in the uh, in Madison Square Garden. So, you know, they absolutely got their kind of a wake up call right away. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, Romeo, yeah, I have Romeo's three is just looking amazing. Um, I have a I have a note here that says terrible turnovers need a good possession and my next note is another turnover so uh, I had a few, had a few <laughs> too many turnovers in the third quarter got to clean that up I love uh, the willingness to pass but sometimes there can be an over willingness to pass you just need to make the right play uh, not just always look to make the pass because uh, maybe sometimes passing is not the right play so I think that's just something to keep in mind. Yeah, and then on top of it, man, the Celtics started the game 8 of 15 from 3 and then went 1 and 15 in their next 15 three-pointers. So, I mean, it's just two tails of the tape right there. It's like they start out they started out really hot, and then they, they were cold, ice cold, couldn't buy a bucket unless their name was Jalen Brown, of course. Yeah, and then also I, I will say towards the end of that third quarter, you know, the Knicks got up by double digits there um, on, on some of those OB buckets. But Schroeder actually, uh, I think, really kind of uh, – this was his best moments of the game here was the end of the third, sort of beginning of the fourth, hitting some mid-range pull-ups, getting to the rim. He kind of kept it within reason so the Knicks didn't get – obviously Jalen was there helping us too. But outside of Jalen, Dennis was really the one who kept us uh, within striking distance for that big fourth-quarter comeback. Yeah, man, I, I, really, I really thought Dennis did some good things. Uh, I know he had some bad moments in this game that we're going to be addressing, <laughs> but – 
Um, he definitely he definitely had some moments there in the third, and then I thought he had some good moments also in the fourth quarter, where um, we we can go into if you have anything else on that third. Uh, no, I think that was my last note. There was the Dennis. Yeah, Dennis really uh, was keeping it close there towards the end of the third. So. Perfect. Yeah, the Knicks uh, had an 86-82 lead on the Celtics going into that fourth quarter. And uh, right off the rip, man, uh, the Celtics were, were still shooting poorly going into that fourth quarter. And I thought they got a lot of second-chance opportunities. They just didn't convert even the second-chance opportunities. So that's always a bad thing, too, is, like, you got to take advantage of that. Like, at the end of the day, you've you got to get those easy buckets. 100%. handful of times where I saw that tonight, Patrick, where, you know, somebody would go will hustle for an offensive rebound. You know, Rob and Grant made a couple really big plays, I thought. Even Pritchard made a couple offensive rebounds there towards the end of the game. Uh, where they would save the ball, save the possession, get us another shot, and we would just miss open three-pointers. Um, you know, I know some of them were open, but sometimes I would just like to, you know, maybe get the ball into someone else's hands. But with the shot clock only resetting to 14, you know, I'm not going to kill a guy for just taking the open three. Um, but I would love to convert those because, like you said, man, converting those, if you don't convert the first opportunity, you really have to convert that second opportunity. So, uh, well, that was killer. I, yeah. A couple times it really killed the momentum, missing those seconds. Yeah, and I also thought, like, you know, Tatum, I get it. He had some open looks and, and three-pointers and opportunities like that. But at the same time, man, you talked about offseason, how you you're take more initiative and, and drive and get to the bucket. If you have nobody in front of you, that means you have a straight line to the basket. Get to the basket if you know you're having a bad shooting time. At, at this point, it's the third quarter. We know you're not shooting well. Get to the line. Drive. Be aggressive. Be downhill Tatum, man. That's what Jalen Brown did was he was very good at mixing his things. He was hitting his threes, but it wasn't just threes. He was being a threat also in a drive, and it just opened up his whole entire game. I just felt like Tatum was like, oh, I'm getting open threes. I'm just going to keep settling here. And I, I just didn't like that. I was like, well, you know, three, four misses, man. Take the opportunity. It's like, man, they're leaving me open probably for a reason right now because I'm helping them. Like, drive. Yeah. Don't, I mean, don't bail them out. I mean, yeah, to kind of throw back, you know, a decade or so, um, even maybe a little bit more than that. Um, well, definitely maybe a little bit more than that. Uh, Paul Pierce, you know, I remember watching Paul Pierce. And, you know, when Paul Pierce's jumper was not falling, you know, I know this is a different game nowadays, but Paul Pierce would make it an emphasis to get to the hoop, get to the line, and that always seemed like that was a way to get himself going. Uh, now, that's definitely something, like you're saying, that's what we want to see from Tatum. Um, and I'm sure Ime is going to be banging that same drum because I don't think it's like rocket science. I mean, of course I want Tatum – making and taking his open three-pointers but you know if you play basketball you know sometimes you know it's kind of there's a lid on the rim sometimes so you got to make the game easier on yourself uh i could not agree more with what you're saying just get to the rim get to the line Allah the truth you know get yourself going defense and free throws that's how you can get yourself going if you're having a rough offensive night so uh that's what i want to see from tatum man going forward but like i said it's game one i don't want to you know i'm not worried i don't want to get in over my head, but it was definitely disappointing seeing him keep chucking from outside tonight. Yeah, and then also in that third quarter, I thought the the gravity of Randall's impact started to lead to Randall's teammates getting open and, and start knocking down open shots as well. Ultimately, just letting everybody kind of get involved and get into a rhythm going into that fourth quarter. Yeah, um, and then I think we can go. So the the, the Celtics were down ten. With about with about under just under six minutes left, I have uh, bad communication on a screen leads to open three pointer from Kemba, uh, bad turnover by Marcus Celtics falling apart, and then Grant Williams hitting a wide open corner three to bring us within seven. Julius hits a step back, puts it up to nine. 
Grant hitting another three-pointer. So I was really impressed with Grant. He was kind of getting roasted on Twitter, uh, you know, for that first half. But Grant made a couple massive, massive shots down the stretch that are not easy, especially for a guy who missed the first 30-odd three balls. Yeah, man, I love Team Grant. Team Grant all the way, man. I thought he did a lot of good things. I know he had a rough start in the first half, but the, he showed the things that I saw in the preseason that I really loved and thought he, why he earned this this right to start. And that was he was his shot looks a lot more fluid. He started hitting those three pointers. He was very consistent. If he was left open, he made the defense pay. Like it was, it felt like when Grant Williams was opening a quarter, it wasn't like oh shit, it's Grant. Nah, this year, like in this game, it felt like all right, that's a hit, and he nailed it. Bam, bam, bam. He had like three crucial three pointers, two or three of them in that fourth quarter that that really were were big time, and and ultimately led the Celtics to be able to even take that game to overtime. Yeah, and then so after Grant hit that three-pointer, um, Marcus Smart actually makes a great steal and then throws it out of bounds. Um, you know, when he tried to hit Tatum, yeah, yep. that was you know that's just that was definitely first game excitement type of play right there. Not something I'm going to be super concerned with going forward, but definitely I just was kind of like put my head in my hands and was like, oh no, because that kind of felt like the game right there in that moment. Uh, I could not have been more wrong though. <laughs> No, absolutely. No, absolutely. Um, also wanted to address some things here is like uh, I thought um, I got to acknowledge that Obi Toppin dunk on the alley-oop that put Peyton Pritchard on a poster in the fourth quarter. When they were, when we were running that lineup out there, the bench lineup was just too small, man. They just made too many mistakes already hard enough to, to compete when you're undersized, but then you're hurting yourself also um, when you're just making mistakes on the defense, making defensive lapses. Thought that was bad. And then um, – there was a five-point game with 6:51 left in the fourth quarter. Uh, was getting was getting a back-to-bad habits for the Celtics. It looked like it was like a lot of ISO ball for a second, and Eme called the timeout right away. Loved that he acknowledged that, um, saw that they were getting into back of their old habits, and instantly called a timeout to regroup the guys. Thought that was good coaching by Eme, uh, adjusting there. And then also in that fourth quarter, Eme did a, a nice adjustment with putting Robert Williams on. Um, Julius Randle, who was playing the five, and what they ended up doing was they were switching only one through four, which allowed Robert Williams to stay on Randle, which ultimately in that fourth quarter held held Randle in check and ultimately was a good driving force for the Celtics to get back in that game and force overtime. Yeah, I think that was a massive adjustment. Um, to- when, uh, when, when Julius was getting into the paint, um, with Rob guarding him, he wasn't really looking just to go straight up over the top of him because he knows what what type of shot blocking threat Rob is. So I think that was a great adjustment. Um, honestly, I'm kind of I just cannot believe really the Celtics ended up sending this game into overtime, um, especially after that uh, turnover by Marcus. Um, but Jalen, I have here Jalen hits a three pointer with one minute to go um, to make it 106 109. And then Fournier buries a big, big three off a dribble handoff. The dagger three with a minute left. communication really on that. Once again, going underneath the dribble handoff, making it too easy. Because Fournier is a killer. I mean, I know we didn't see it a ton with the Celtics. um, But, man, he's been consistently a terrific score with the Magic and with the country of France when it comes to international basketball. And it seems like he's made for the limelight here in New York. Uh, And he, he really showed up in this first game. So, Honestly, I was happy to see Fournier ball out, uh, but it's unfortunate it came at the expense of uh, a victory for the Celtics. 
Absolutely. And uh, I thought, uh, you know, Fournier, of course, going to be the revenge game, man. The revenge game narrative never <laughs> never fails to prevail. I thought it was going to be for Kemba Walker this game, but it definitely was for uh, Evan Fournier. He kind of was the a big catalyst for the Knicks in this game. And then on top of it, Jalen had a crucial turnover at that 44-second mark. Ends up making up for it with one hell of a three-pointer at that 5.3-second mark from the Knicks logo. I mean, absolutely absurd what happened there, man. He just buries it in the face of a defender. And I was just like, I was in awe. My jaw just dropped when Jalen hit that three-pointer. I was like, holy moly, this is not happening. He brings them within one point, and then they end up giving up that, that free layup to Fournier ultimately leading to a Marcus Smart three-pointer at the buzzer to force overtime. Yeah, that was a big shot. Honestly, Marcus's jumper looked good tonight. He only took a few bad shots, in my opinion. Um, And, like, you know, I really do believe in his jump shot making. Like, it does look better in that shot in the corner at the end of the game as time expired, which is absolutely wonderful. That was for Schroeder's seventh assist. Honestly, I do want to give Schroeder props on that play. Um, I was about to yell – at my TV saying, well, Schroeder, you need to shoot that as he passed it. But then when you see the replay, you see Kemba turn his back for a second. And then instantly Dennis passes over to Marcus. I love that split decision, uh, second decision-making by Dennis there, uh, making just the perfect pass. Um, I will say, though, Jalen, yes, he did have that turnover, like you said. But he did make up for it just a few seconds later with that steal to get Grant the layup. Um, so that was really encouraging to see Jalen, you know, not get down on himself and make an instant play. But, uh, yeah, on to overtime we had, yeah? Yeah, man. But before we head to overtime, make sure that if you do need to get a trimmer for any hair on your body, make sure you head over to Manscaped, our sponsor of the Hoopball Celtics podcast. Make sure you go in and type in Hoopball20 for your 20% off to get your Discount on anything at manscaped.com. Look it up, man. I got my own stuff from there as well. Love it for trimming my beard in the morning. I got a nice beard, you know, trim it down, make sure it's all cleaned up and everything every day when I go to work. Love it. Um, can not be more happy with the product? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to shave, just like Jason Tatum shaved some points tonight against the Celtics, make sure you go to um, manscaped.com. Use the promo code hoopball 20 um, and yeah, let's get this OT started. So my first note is that most points in a Celtics opener ever for Jalen Brown going into overtime, not as quite a statistic, man. Uh, he'll be in the history books, uh, for at least one more year for that one, but I assume he'll be in for a little bit longer. So that was pretty cool. Not only that, man, that first, that first overtime for the first two minutes, it was three pointer, three pointer, responds with a 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 three pointer. I, I was like, man, are, are, is any team going to miss in this overtime? Like, what's going on right now? And it was just back to back to back to back threes. And then all of a sudden, like the last minute and a half, nobody could hit. Yeah, the fatigue kind of set in there. Yeah, I was watching the game with my roommates who don't really know basketball like that, and they just were absolutely blown away. They're like, does this usually happen? Like, no, usually you don't start an overtime period with six made three-pointers. That is definitely not something that usually happens. But, uh, you know, the fatigue sort of set in in the second half of uh, that overtime that overtime period, and then they couldn't make anything. But, uh, yeah, man. Was that a – Yeah, man. I didn't write – I didn't have a – I didn't do a good enough um, yes. splitting the first overtime and second overtime notes here, so why don't you take it away? Nah, that, that, that's pretty much it. You know, there ended up being 128, 128 going back into double OT. 
Um, they ended up both teams in the game 12 points in that first overtime period. And I'm going into the double overtime. And, you know, Brown started off how we started off the first uh, overtime with a three-pointer at the top of the key. Bam. Money. Swish. Uh, Jalen Brown, by the way, let's, let's, just, let's say this here, man. I, I was thinking that maybe he didn't have another big jump. I thought he could take another leap, but I didn't think he could take, like, a big jump. I might be wrong, man. His handle is so much tighter now. So I remember when he first came into the league, Man couldn't do two dribbles without getting the ball either rolled off his foot or, or taken away from him. Also, he was a straight line driver. He's so creative in, in how he scores now. He's super unpredictable. Inside, outside, he was in the post fading away. Didn't matter. He was going to give you buckets no matter how. I, I think there could be a case where, you know, Jalen Brown works his way into the top 20, top 25 players in the NBA this season. Listen, I fully agree. I think, um, you know, Jalen already had a case to be top 25. And I think if tonight shows us anything, he has a case to definitely pass some names who are ahead of him on that list. Um, you know, I know it's only one game. We'll have to see how he plays going forward. Um, but, yeah, so after that that Jalen Brown three to open up OT, Dennis Schroeder makes an amazing steal, taking the cookies from a Knicks player. Um, but he kind of saw Derrick Rose running behind him. Tried to get the angle on in front of him so he wouldn't get a shot blocked and ended up blowing a bunny. That was a really big miss in the grand scheme of this game, um, given that the Celtics lost. Um, that layup would have been an absolutely big, big play, unfortunately. He I mean, missed- not shortly after, man. Jalen Brown got a steal and, and tried to do a, a exclamation point type dunk and also blew the dunk. So, I mean, just – just careless plays, four points left on the board that would have put the Celtics up five in that situation. And I think that changes the whole outlook of the finish of the game. But unfortunately, the Celtics let the tired legs kind of catch up to him there at the end. Yeah, I was a little shocked to see Jalen go for the two-foot from pretty far away dunk there. But I'm not going to blame him for that, man. I mean, it's obviously going to be a little fatigued in, uh, in double overtime. I would like to maybe just go for the layup, but... Um, you know, like I said, I'm not going to kill him for that, man. Most, I feel like nine out of 10 times, that's a dunk that goes down for Jalen. Um, so I, I was disappointing. Like you said, you know, leaving three points on the board. Uh, so it's never good to see a missed dunk and a missed layup and double overtime in a game that you lose. Um, so yeah, it was definitely disappointing. And then Julius came down after that, I believe gets that big time and one on Rob. Um, one of the only buckets he ended up scoring on Rob Williams, but which I don't think was a foul on Robert, but that is, you know, can't, can't say much there. I thought, you know, the big boys were banging pretty big and everything like that. I thought Rob stayed pretty, pretty straight there on that. And uh, I thought they kind of gave it, gave it to Randall. I think you got a little superstar call, you know, a little MSG love. Yeah, sure. And he honestly deserved that love tonight, the way he played. Um, And then, you know, I have a note after that. Uh, Jason missed a shot. I just have Jason is off, off, off tonight. Uh, and then, you know, that was followed up by, honestly, one of many bad shots I think Derrick Rose took tonight um, that led to, you know, that spinning and one where Jason finally got, you know, something going for him. Spin move lay, chance to go up by one, makes his free throw. Celtics. Yeah, that was at the 105 mark. We went up thir- 134, 133. Yeah, Celtics was feeling pretty good right there um, when Jalen got the – I mean, when Jason got the and one, uh, we just needed to stop. But once again, the French man himself. Evan Fournier with another back-breaking three-ball. Uh, he was still in France mode, man. He, I, I call that France mode Fournier. You, you know, when he was playing for France, he was on fire. So he was in absolute international play mode. He was absolutely cooking, man. So that was uh, 
that was to put them up too. And then you want to say what happened uh, in the following Celtics possession? You got no- yeah, man. Uh, and to and to even go more on the Tatum thing, Tatum with that and one was at the one hundred five mark, and the Celtics went scoreless the rest of the game. That was the last time the Celtics even put the ball in the bucket. Um, ultimately, Fournier hit the three. Knicks up by two, and then Rose followed up with that two-point shot. You know, Knicks just closed it out. They they closed out with 22.2 seconds left, went up by four points. Um, hate to say it, the four points that the Celtics left on the board mm-hmm. was that layup and that, and that dunk, but that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes. The Celtics end up falling to these Knicks 134-138 to start off the season 0-1. But uh, I, I don't think it's a situation where we got to be a little too high, a little too low. You know, we, me and you both talked about it before the show. Celtics, uh, there's a lot to clean up here. I think they showed a lot of things that are really can be really good at and excel at. And I feel like we shot ourselves in the foot way more than we're going to in the future. So I think there's there's a really big reason to be optimistic about this team. Plus, no Al Horford or Richardson tonight. That's coming as well. Of course, yeah, we're missing you know two of our rotation players uh, and one starter uh, out of those two. So I do think you know, honestly, just think it's good as a fan uh, um, to not get too high or get too low because if we win this game, I think the out like you know we're still going to be talking about the same exact things: bad shot selection by some some players on the team, um, some bad turnovers, bad transition defense. Um, so I just think it's important to emphasize you know not too high, not too low. We want process, and then results will follow if the Celtics have the uh, correct process. Uh, just quickly, you know, that last two possessions there, I was kind of harping on D. Rose for taking a bad shot, man. You know, he took another shot that I would consider not a great shot, but he's a great shot maker. He made it, put them up four. And then what do you? What do the Celtics have, four three-pointers, uh, you know, at the end of that game, Patrick? Uh, they got the offensive rebound after offensive rebound, so I can't fault them. I just missed every one of them, yeah. I can't fault them for the effort, um, but, you know, the shot just didn't fall, you know, right at the end when they needed it to. But like you said, lots of things to look forward to, man, this season. I can't wait for game two already. Absolutely, man. And uh, box score shows, you know, Jason Tatum ended up finishing with 20 points, 11 rebounds, and four assists. Doesn't sound like a bad game, but like we said earlier, 7 of 30 from the field, man. 2 of 15 from deep in 45 minutes. Jalen Brown able to play 46 minutes somehow after uh, 10 days of, you know, isolating and and dealing with COVID. Uh, Dropped 46 points, had six assists, nine rebounds, had three steals, man. Overall, just 16 of 30 from the field, shot over 50%, shot over 50% from three with eight of 14, man. He was magnificent. Uh, also want to give a big shout-out to Robert Williams, man. That, this is the most uh, minutes he's ever played in his career. Love to played that. 45 minutes tonight. And if that's going to be the case, man, Robert Williams could be – he could be a, a really key opponent to his, to his team. He's had 16 points. He was 5-5 five five from the field. He had 10 rebounds, and he blocked five shots. Also got himself three steals, which I thought were amazing. So uh, just just overall, some some good highlights to that. Like we said earlier, Romeo Langford was pretty solid as well. Um, did some good things. Grant Williams, ultimately 3-5 of five from deep. That's something we can build on as well in a spot start. You know, It shows that he's going to deserve rotational minutes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Dennis Schroeder is not going to shoot 5-16 of 16, um, every night either. So Honestly, some room for optimism. Yeah, I doubt Schroeder is going to take 16 shots all too often. Um, you know, I think with Al and, and Jay Rich coming back, that will probably be more in the 12 to 15 shot range most nights. Um, you know, maybe even less shots than that. And like you said, it'll probably shoot uh, more efficiently than that most nights anyway. 
Um, I know we didn't say his name too many times. We said a couple negatives, but man, Marcus played a great Marcus game, man. He had uh, 15, 8, and 6, uh, two steals. Um, so I just absolutely love, I mean, that, that line's pretty good for Marcus. Maybe you want to see him a little more efficient inside the, inside the three point arc. He was 0 of 3 on two point attempts. Um, and then lastly, I just want to say, you know, there probably will be, you know, not too many games where Neesmith and Pritchard combined for zero points too. Uh, so like I said, you know, just stay steady. Um, they'll probably chip in, you know, well, I would, I'll say they'll definitely be chipping in more than that on most nights. And then lastly, about the box score, if Rob Williams can finish with anything close to what he had tonight on a regular basis, uh, that'll be unbelievable. 16, 10, 5, 3, and 3. I mean, obviously, he's not going to shoot 100% from the field every game, but, man, that's a stat line that I absolutely love to see from Rob Wills. 16, 10, 5, 3, and 3, man. Absolutely stat sheet stuffer for a big guy. I'd love to see that. Yeah, man, and Robert Williams, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, and Peyton Pritchard were the only ones that were plus in the plus-minus category as well. Um, also, shout-out to you know Julius Randle balling out 35 points. He had three blocks, uh, eight assists, eight rebounds, but he did have seven turnovers. We were able to, to cause some rifts there as well. Evan Fournier dropped 32 points on us with six rebounds, and then you also had Mitchell Robinson who had 17 rebounds and 11 points. He was big on the boards right there. And and a crucial thing that uh, the Knicks really helped push him over was Obi Toppin getting a career high, 14 points. You know, second-year guy. Uh, didn't get a lot of playing time last year, but he was he was good in transition. He made the Celtics pay, and ultimately Celtics ended up falling by four, four points to, to New York Knicks. Yeah, tough loss, but, uh, you know, I'm excited to get back out there later this week uh, and see the Celtics play. Yep, on Friday. Yes, Yep, we play the Raptors on Friday. We go um, home to the TD Garden, no more MSG. So Celtics are, are looking to bounce back. I think uh, Jason Tatum is probably in for a very make-it-up game. I think I feel a, a very big Jason Tatum game coming now, especially with no uh, Pascal Siakam for the, the Raptors to start up the year. So uh, we'll be interesting to see there. Um, we'll definitely be back on um, Spotify Green Room after that game on Friday night. For sure. Um We'll have your coverage there if you want to hear it live. If you don't, you can always catch us up on Spotify or Apple Podcasts where you can also leave a five-star rating and like and review for us. Those are always much appreciated, man. Um, that, that does it for me as far as uh, anything else I got left on the game. Did you have any other notes for us? No, nope, I got nothing. Just look forward to uh, look, looking forward to Friday. All right, man. Don't forget, everybody, to hit my show. Like I said, you can find me at Ball and Opinion. You can also find the show at Hoop Ball Celtics. You can find Lucas at Luca underscore Gainer on Twitter. And uh, I think that yes, does it for sir, man. And that is, yes, sir, Lucas, man. Thank you, man. For let's uh, let's uh, hope that the Celtics come come out um, Friday, and I'll see you then. As always, victory edition on Friday. All right, have a good night, Patrick. Let's go later. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.